Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. We should remember when we read it in Scripture, what made God angry? They didn't trust Him. That anger God. You ever think about that? When we won't trust God, it makes Him angry. We think other sins make God angry. I bet God is flaming mad about that. God says, you know what makes me mad? When those that know me don't trust me. When those that have experienced my touch, seen my hand, I've moved among them, I've displayed myself to them, I've been faithful to them, when they don't trust me, it angers me. Has someone ever asked you to do something and then they said, trust me? Well, depending on the person, you may not have trusted them enough to go ahead and do that something. Pastor Bill shared that when God asks or calls you to do something, he can be trusted. If you are a new believer, it can be hard to discern if God has given you the direction or is it just something you want. But as you walk in faith and trust God more, you'll learn when he is leading and when he is not. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 32 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. God don't grave on a curb. God doesn't hold you back by those around you. Um, you can break out from the crowd very easily just walking by faith. And so that's the cool thing in your relationship with the Lord. It's an individual thing. Your family can't hold you back. I mean, you think about what it is to walk by faith. Nobody can hold you back from walking by faith but you. Nobody can restrict you from doing it. My wife and I were talking and we we're talking about certain countries that, you know, are, are they're not friendly to the gospel or that it's illegal to preach the gospel. And my wife had said, yeah, when you, if, in that area, you can't. I said, no, 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 you can just at a greater cost. There's nowhere that you can't preach the gospel. They're just places where it costs more. I remember some brothers that were going on a mission trip to the Sudan and they literally, as part of the missionary training process, had to sign a waiver saying, we understand that we might die here. We understand that what we're doing is punishable by death in this area and that they're very aggressive against the gospel and we're okay with that, we wanna go anyway. They had to sign that waiver before they went. That's what it is, you go to Sudan, there are areas where it's not that you can't, it's that it, it comes at a greater cost. There's nowhere that you can't preach the gospel. Uh, they're just, they're just the, the, the reality that in some places it's not gonna be as favorable as others. So moving on now, verse 13. So the Lord's anger was aroused against Israel and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years. Again, he's rehearsing what happened to their fathers when they did this until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord were, was gone. And look, you have risen in your father's place a brood of sinful men to increase still more the fierce anger of the Lord against Israel. Now, I would, I would take this rebuke. This is Moses. This is God's representation. These are kind of strong words, you know? It reminds me of Jesus calling them a brood of vipers. Man, you, you guys have risen in your father's places. Basically, what he's saying is, you guys are just like your, look what your parents did, and now you guys are getting ready to do the same thing. You brood of sinful men, he calls them. To increase more, you guys are going to make God mad again. And some people forget this aspect of God's nature, that God gets angry. It's a holy anger, right? And we should remember when we read it in Scripture, what made God angry? They didn't trust him. That angered God. If you ever think about that? When we won't trust God, it makes him angry. We think other sins make God angry. I bet God is flaming mad about that. God says, you know what makes me mad? When those that know me don't trust me. When those that have experienced my touch, seen my hand, 
I've moved among them. I've displayed myself to them. I've been faithful to them when they don't trust me. It angers me. I mean, I've experienced God in my life. God has moved in my favor many times. God has done things around me, for me, with me. And so that's what they had done. They, he called it evil in the sight of the Lord. And so we want to be cautious about that. When I, when I look at the things that make God angry, I want to make sure that that's not what I'm doing. Verse 15, for if you turn away from following him, he will once again leave them in the wilderness and you will destroy all these people. And that's what he says. If you guys refuse to go in, you guys are going to be at odds with God again. All these people are going to die. It's going to be bad. Why, why are you guys doing this? Verse 16. Then they came near to him and said, we will build sheepfolds here for our livestock and cities for our little ones. And so what they're getting ready to do is tell Moses, look, Moses, this is our game plan. They're going to tell Moses that we're going to go to war when you guys go to war. Don't worry. When it's time to go to war, we won't sit over here like you think. We're going to go to war with you guys. But afterwards, we're coming back. And before we go to war, he says, we're going to build cities and we're going to leave our little ones and we're going to leave our sheep back over here, our livestock and our little ones. There's a verse in Matthew chapter six, verse 21, if you're taking notes. And it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And as I look at the things that they're leaving, they're leaving that which they treasure. Our livestock, that was the whole purpose of not wanting to go. We want our livestock to live and our little ones. What means more than that? My money and my babies. We're leaving that behind because we're coming back for it. So we'll leave that over here and we'll go on and go over there and do the work and then we'll come back. And this is the thing. They're saying we'll go initially and do the war, but we're not going to live by faith. We'll, we'll, we'll step out initially and do what you guys need us to do, but we're not going to live there. We're, gonna, we're not going to move out where we got to live by faith. We're going to go back over here where we're already comfortable. What's that like? That's like the person that says, you know what, God, I'll, I'll, I'll jump out there and do the occasional work for you. You know, everybody's getting ready to go do that. I'll, I'll go with them, Lord, do that. But I'm not going to live that lifestyle. I'll just go out for that occasional thing. I'll go do that occasional ministry here. I'll do the occasional thing over there, you know, and I'll, I'll go with the people of God to go reach out over here and do that. I, I'll do that here and there, but I'm not, I'm not living that kind of life. I'm not going to live a life of sacrifice, service, and faith. I, I'll, I'll do it here and there. I'll do it when I want to. I'll do it when it's convenient, Lord, but I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to live there. We're comfortable over here. That's where we're going to stay. Imagine telling that to the Lord, guys. Imagine telling God, I know you died for all of me, but you can just have this much of me. Because some of me is over here. My heart's over here with this stuff. And I don't trust you with my livestock. And I don't trust you with my little ones. I trust me with that. And I got that covered over here. So I'll go do some work for you. Yeah, I'll be there. We'll be there. We'll go to war. We got that. But when we're done, we're coming back here. And this is what's wrong with that, right? We're not to dictate to God what we will and won't do, right? He tells us and we go. He gives the orders and we, we take them. God gives the directions and we, we flow and we go with them. But we're not to be the ones saying, Lord, I can't come to God with my map all mapped out and say, God, this is what we're going to do. I know you're into this. I'm going to do that stuff for you over there. And then I got this other stuff planned out for myself over here. And that's how I'm going to do it. We can't come to God like that. We come to God as with an empty sheet. We can come to God with our ideas. We can come to God with our thoughts, with our prayers, with our requests. But at the end of the day, Lord, you tell me what to do. I take orders. You're the captain. And I, I receive orders and I move in obedience. So they're telling them. They said, look, Moses, this is what we'll do. We'll go to war and we'll fight, but we're coming back 
We're leaving our livestock and our little ones over here. We'll build some cities before we go. We'll leave them there. That's what we're going to do. Verse 17. But we ourselves will be armed, ready to go before the children of Israel until we have brought them to their place. And our little ones will dwell in the fortified cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until every one of the children of Israel has received his inheritance. For we will not inherit with them on the other side of the Jordan and beyond because our inheritance has fallen to us on the eastern side of the Jordan. They're saying our our inheritance is over here. That's what we want. And so we won't receive it over there. We're going to receive it over here. They have determined this. Verse 20. Then Moses said to them, if you do this thing, if you arm yourselves before the Lord for war and all your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out the enemies from before him and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterwards you may return and be blameless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. So some may say, well, how come God let them do that? How come, how come he gave them a, a pass? And this is it. God won't make you inherit the blessing, right? God won't make you go get what he has for you. And if you tell God, God, I'm not going. Anybody here, God won't make you. He's not going to make you walk by faith because then it's not walking by faith. It's walking by compulsion. It's walking by force. God doesn't robot us. He, he's a shepherd. And shepherds don't drive sheep. They lead them gently. Guys, let's go this way. No, 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 no. Over here. Over here. You know, the, the, a shepherd leads. That's what God does. He leads us. Leads us to still waters. Leads us to green pastures. He leads us. He's going to get behind us and drive us and whip us and break us. But if you run off, that's, that's going to be on you. And so God said, okay, you don't want it. That's going to be fine. What happens at the end, I'll talk about it at the end of the study, is they will be, when, when people start to come against them, they're at the one place that's exposed. And when the enemy does come against Israel, guess who gets taken out first? They do. That's the, the history for them is when, when the enemies do finally come against Israel, they get, they're the first ones to get taken out. And so, though this seems like such a great idea now, We'll build fortified cities, we'll, we'll have it all squared away, and then we'll go over here and we'll do it like that. In the long run, it doesn't serve them well. And it wasn't God's best, but it seemed like a great idea to them here and now. And so we want to all be cautious about coming up with plans that seem best to us when we want to be people that are walking by faith. God, what are you saying? Ear to the floor. God, I'm praying about this. I'm seeking you. I'm in the word. I'm listening for you to speak to me. And the things you speak to me, I'm going to just take them and walk by faith and trust you beyond what I can see and just let you bring it to pass in my life. And that's why it's so important that we be people that are regularly praying and that we be people that are regularly in the word and atmospheres where God can speak. Because every time you're somewhere, the word is open. It's just an opportunity for God to speak. And there are times where I'm reading on my own in the Word and God speaks to me and encourages me and challenges me or convicts me. There are times where I'm preparing for this and God is speaking to me. There are times where I'm sitting under other people and God is speaking to me. When the Word is open, it's opportunities for God to speak. You know, woe, woe is the believer who is not before the Lord, before His Word on a regular basis. Doesn't open it up personally. It's not sitting before it on a regular basis. We, need to, we all need that in our lives. This is what he says in verse 23. He says, but if you do not do... So, all that you just said, take note that you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. He says, so if you guys, you guys said you're going to go to war, you're going to build cities over here, leave your babies, leave your stuff, and you're going to go to war, and you won't go back home until all of Israel has received their inheritance. He said, if you do this, fine, you're okay. I'm, I'm, basically, they've been let off the hook. You can, have, you can have what you chose for yourself. 
Um, but he said, if you don't keep your word, your sin will find you out. And we see that same phrase in the New Testament, you know, be, be sure that your sin will find you out. One of the books I was reading on this, it was interesting. They said, note that it's not that God's going to find out your sin, right? It's not like God's going to come behind you and creep on you. I got you. I saw what you did. The, the sin that you're doing, it will find you out. It's going to reveal you. It's going to expose you. Sometimes people put that on the Lord. You know, God's going to get you. God's going to find you. The sin that you're doing many times, it, that's what's going to get you, right? Just that you didn't walk by faith. Even though they keep their word here, it still cost them later on that they didn't go get everything God had for them. Verse 24, they're told, build cities for your little ones and folds for your sheep and do what proceeded out of your mouth. Do everything that you said. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spoke to Moses saying, your servants will do as my Lord commands. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks and our livestock will be there in the city of Gilead. But your servants will cross over every man armed for war before the Lord to battle, just as my Lord says. So Moses gave command concerning them to Eleazar the priest, to Joshua the son of Nun, and to the chief fathers of the tribe, tribes of the children of Israel. I want you to note this. Look at how submissive they sound when Moses said, you can do what you want, right? How come they weren't so submissive to what he said when it wasn't what they wanted? Note that. Don't be that person that submits to your voice. God, I'll do what you want when you say I can do what I want. That's, that's not submission. God had already spoken what he wanted. They came back with what they wanted. And when Moses said, okay, you guys can do what you want. They said, okay, Lord. They called, now my Lord will do everything you said. Now that you're talking, now you're talking my language, Moses. Now we'll obey. Be careful about being that person. That's how, that's how some Christians are. This is what some Christians will do. I'm weary of it now. People will, they'll be pastor hopping. They'll talk to one pastor. He doesn't tell them what they want to hear. They'll come to another pastor. He didn't say what they wanted to hear. And they'll hop around until they find some joker to say what they want to hear. I'm telling you, it happens. Some go to somebody, is it okay for me to you know, do this right now? No, that's, that's, the Bible says you shouldn't be doing that. Oh, I'm, we, he's legalistic. I'm going to talk to somebody else. And then they go to somebody else and they give them the, get, get the counsel they want. Oh, that person, they're harsh and old and whatever. And they, they finally found somebody ain't worth they saw. Tell them, you're all right. You go on and do that, you know. That's my pastor right there. <laughs> Don't even go to their church. Um, but anyway, so be careful about being that kind of person that it, it, it's not God until it lines up with what you want. Be careful. Because guess who becomes God? You do. Right? When God speaks opposite of what you're saying, you should submit and let the Lord be the Lord in your life. I just note that. They, they got real submissive and real obedient when Moses said, all right, you guys can do what you want. And we should all be aware of that, right? Be, be weary of God saying, go ahead and do it your way then. Because that's not a good thing. Because you're not doing it my way and God said, I'll release you to go do it your way. Because God knows this, right? You will reap what you sow. That's the bottom line. It's gonna happen. You're gonna reap what you sow. Sow faith, reap a reward. Sow complacency, sow, you know, whatever, you know, lack of obedience, lack of faith, you're gonna reap from that as well. We will reap what we sow. Verse 28. So Moses gave command concerning them to Eleazar the priest, to Joshua the son of Nun, and to the chief fathers, to the tribes and the children of Israel. And Moses said to them, if the children of Gad and the children of Reuben cross over the Jordan with you, every man armed for battle before the Lord, and the land is subdued before you, then you shall give them the land of Gilead as a possession. But if they do not cross over armed with you, they shall have possessions among you in the land of Canaan. Then the children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, As the Lord has said to your servants, so we will do. 
We will cross over armed before the Lord into the land of Canaan, but the possession of our inheritance shall remain with us on this side of the Jordan. They're, they're, they're saying it one more time. Make sure they got the terms clear. We're coming back over here. Verse 33. So Moses gave the children of Gad, the children of Reuben, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the Lord and its cities within the borders of the cities, the surrounding country, and the children of Gad built Dibon and Achereth and Aror, Atroth and Sophan and Jazer and Jogbah, Beth, Nimrah and Beth Haran fortified cities and folds for sheep. And the children of Reuben built Heshbon and Alila and Kerjatherim, Nebo and Baal Meon, their names being changed. And Shibma, they gave other names to the cities which they built. And the children of Mekur, the son of Manasseh, went to Gilead and took it and dispossessed the Amorites who were in it. So Moses gave Gilead to Mekur, the son of Manasseh, and he dwelt in it. Also Jair, the son of Manasseh, went and took its small towns and called them Havath Jair. Then Naboah went and took Kenath and its villages and called it Naboah after his own name. And so as we just in hindsight, I want to look at the, the end result for them. Uh, I already said it earlier. The end result will be that ultimately when trouble comes to Israel, they're going to be taken out first. Um, they find themselves outside of what God promised. As you read here, they still had to go fight to get that little bit. They had to go dispossess people. All the same stuff they would have done on the other side of the Jordan with everybody else, they would have done it. Something that happens later, and I'm just giving a little bit of history. Something happens later, you see it in Joshua chapter 22. Um, these guys who are on the wrong side of the promised land, they realize that, wait a minute, the, they're offering sacrifices to the Lord over there, and we're over here. And all the work of God is happening over there, but we're over here. So they built up an altar. They said, we need to build an altar over here. Even though we don't have everything we need to, to really offer sacrifices, we're just going to build an altar, but we're not going to offer sacrifices on it. So what happens when those that are in the promised land heard that they were building an altar, they're like, whoa, what are they doing over there? They're trying to do their own thing? It created division and schism. They went over there, checked them, like, what y'all doing? And oh, no, no, we're just building this. We're not going to really use it. And, and, and they, you know, there was division among God's people. And they were over there with a makeshift, just for show, altar. But they were separated from where the real work of the Lord was happening. That was one result that took place. Another thing that we see is later on, when you look at this area here, the area that the children of Israel took, historically, you go back and that, that land was taken by the Lord that belonged to the Lord. They took Gilead, right? And they took these areas over here, the, the, they called uh, Reuben and Gad, took the area they took, one of it, they called it the Gadarenes after Gad. As you get to the New Testament and you go to the Gadarenes, you, and if anybody can think of the story that we learn in scripture from there, what do we find in the Gadarenes? Demon possession. We find Jews with pigs, right? We find people that when the Lord came and he sent the demons into the pigs and they went over the cliff and died, we found people that told Jesus, get out of here. We don't want you in our country, right? We find people there that don't want God, that don't want it God's way. That's the heritage, that's what's left behind 
because they didn't walk by faith. That's what's left behind. Faith wasn't left behind. Victory wasn't left behind. There, there wasn't a real move of God in that way. That, that's what ends up being left behind. And so I would just challenge us, remind us, um, we, we want to walk by faith first because it pleases the Lord. That's the, that's the number one reason why we want to be people that walk by faith. Just take God at his word. But next to that, there's a, each one of us has people looking to us. And I want to be, be an example of faith to my kids. I want my kids to look back over time and say, oh, I remember when we did that. And I remember when, when my dad, we were praying about this thing. And I remember when this thing was happening. And, and I want them to be able to watch and see when it was, how, however long it took and what the Lord had to do and when it finally took place and when God came through. I want them to have that back in their minds because they're going to have to walk by faith on their own someday. Someday they're going to be things that they're praying about. And I want, them to, I want them to piggyback on my faith. I want them to see what God did for us and believe God for themselves and go on and do greater things than we could do. But we want to leave that example for our kids and know that they're watching. So mom and dad, right, walk by faith. What, what are the things? And, and again, I, I wish I knew everybody here. I wish I knew the things that God, I know God speaks different things to everybody. But I know he's got something for all of us. There are things that he speaks in our, personally in our hearts. This is one thing that I would point out to you guys. If there's something that whenever you're close to the Lord, it comes, keeps coming up the same thing. There's certain things that when, you, when you're right with the Lord and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're seeking the Lord and you're doing well, this thing just keeps coming up. If you have something that is a consistent, because one thing about the call of God is he, he doesn't change it up. God doesn't change his mind about what he created you and called you to do. We might falter, we might wait, we might slow our roll, but God doesn't change his mind. So there'll be those things that, that's almost one of the ways that I confirm the Lord. I'm like, you know what, God, I've had some weird thoughts here and there, and it came and it went. But I've had some things in my life that came, and they kept coming. And to, to plant Calvary Chapel Inglewood, that was for years something that whenever I was just seeking the Lord, whenever I was at a conference, whenever I was at just focused and listening, it was always there. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. It never went away. I'm, I'm doing it now, and God's still talking to me about it. There's more he wants to do. I know that that's what I'm supposed to do till, till the wheels fall off and the Lord comes back, right? If you have something like that, then you would say, you know what? God keeps speaking to me about this. I'm, I'm encouraging you. Let's pray about a step you can take in that direction but if he keeps speaking it to you, that, that's what you're supposed to be pursuing. That's something you're supposed to start, start moving ahead and, and seeing how God would move you in a direction or what he would do. If he's not preparing you now, if there's not something you're doing now in preparation, seeking God for God, what step do I take then? What, what would you have me to do from here? But we want to be people that walk by faith and not by sight. We want to please the Lord with our lives. We want to accomplish great things for the Lord. And I will close with this. Um, it's, it's maybe it's said so, so often that it, it could feel like a cliche. But it would be better to fail attempting something great for God than to succeed at doing nothing, right? It would be better to say, I'm going to take this great, big, old, crazy step for God and just see what happens. It would be better to do that and fall flat on your face than to just do nothing. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for um, the positives and the negative examples, Lord, um, we see in them an example of how not to make choices, how not to make decisions, Lord. I pray you help us to glean from them and, and the things that you spoke to them, Lord. Help us to be people that would trust you, would obey you, and would walk by faith and not by sight in every area of our lives. You know the things that you've spoken to us in private to do and how you've called us to live and the things that you want us to be about. 
I pray that the message would be used to stir us up for love and for good works. May you do great things in us and through us for your glory and for your name's sake. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Numbers, well, it has a lot of numbers, but there's much more in this book than that. During their long, drawn-out journey, the Israelites' faith in God is tested. In return, these wayward people test God's patience towards them, but God remains faithful and true in looking out for His chosen people. When you think about it, it's no different today. People disobey and test God's patience, while they also endure hardships and challenges that they wouldn't have desired. But in all, God remains faithful through and through. If you missed any part of this series in the book of Numbers, you can hear these messages by going to CalvaryInglewood.org. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in the Inglewood area, we'd like to meet you. Our service times are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website is CalvaryInglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Numbers, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. You might be surprised by how things in this book might apply to the very things you're working through in your own life. So be sure to join us again to hear and be challenged by a transforming word.